From WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Maddie Young. And I'm Beth Greenman. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Coming up, we'll tell you about the International Women's Day Festival and all the performances that showcase women's talents. Additionally, we'll tell you about the Athens International Film and Video Festival, which starts next week and has been hosted by the city for over 40 years. We'll give you all the details and more coming up right here on The Outlet. The International Women's Day Festival on March 19th featured a variety of performances and vendors. I attended the program that was focused on one sub-theme, Making a Difference. Our festival is an opportunity to celebrate the games women have made worldwide. However, we also need to think beyond the festival. It's not just showing up today, but it's thinking about what we're doing outside of today. What are you doing within your lives to promote gender equity? On Sunday, March 19th, the Baker Ballroom on the fourth floor of Ohio University's Baker Center was transformed for the International Women's Day Festival. Vendors' booths were spread throughout the room, though space was saved for audience seating so people could sit and watch the performances on stage. Performances included a cappella groups, original songs, Middle Eastern dance, a fashion show with styles from around the world, baton twirling, tap dancing, spoken word poetry, a roller derby demonstration, speakers, and Bolivian dance. Most of the performances had only women, and all of them featured women in some capacity. The festival had a theme for the first time this year, Making a Difference. Women's Center Program Coordinator Emily DeQuisto said the theme is really helpful for the planning committee in terms of planning and marketing the event. When we're trying to get performers to apply, we sort of use the sub-theme as a way for them to think about what they might perform. There was also a video booth that attendees could visit to record their answers to questions such as, what makes you international? The videos were then played throughout the festival to the whole ballroom. DeQuisto said that the Women's Center had used the video booth at an event earlier in the year and had partnered with the International Commission of Student Senate to bring it to the festival as well. It's a really fun way to incorporate the attendees at the event and be able to uh, show their videos on the large projector to the entire ballroom. Co-founder of the Susan B. Anthony Memorial Unrest Home Women's Land Trust, Jan Grissinger, gave a historical reading at the event. She is 75 years old. She said that it is important for feminism to be intersectional, taking into account how all factors of oppression affect each other. Specifically, she feels that there needs to be more conversation about age discrimination in feminist circles. Sexism and ageism are interconnected. Old women experience more poverty than their male counterparts, and young women in their 30s and 40s are seen as over the hill because of society's youth obsession, which hurts all women. Grissinger thinks the power of language is something important to take into account when discussing how society views gender. She disagrees with the idea that guys has become a gender-neutral term and feels that it contributes to the patriarchal power structure of America. How does a word become gender-neutral just by being plural? Can the same culture that says it's a guy thing to refer to anything women just don't get about male behavior view a woman as one of the guys? DeQuisto hopes that people will carry the message of the day with them and be aware of how women contribute to a global community and how the work of women around the world often is undervalued. 
just thinking about how, like, what are small ways that we can celebrate and empower women in our everyday lives every day. For The Outlet, I'm Beth Greenman. The Athens International Film and Video Festival begins next week for the 44th year at the Athena Cinema in Uptown Athens, showcasing films from around the world. Outlet reporter Liam Nehemiah caught up with the festival director, David Cola Giovanni, at his office to hear about what this year's festival has in store. So today on the outlet, we have um, David Cole Giovanni, who is the, you're the director? Of? I am the director of the Athens International Film and Video Festival. Tell us a little bit about the festival that starts on April 3rd um, for someone that might not know a lot about it. Well, uh, we have about 300 movies that will play from April 3rd through April 9th. They come from 41 countries uh, across the world. Uh, there's really like something for everybody there. There is just, the program is just jam packed with movies uh, and you know movies about all kinds of different topics. Of course, um, yeah, it's is the 44th year. It was 2017's the 44th year, so uh, it's been going strong. It's like a uh, Athens institution, and um, yeah. I guess for like a lot of these people that you know are showing the their films at the festival. Like, what kind of opportunities does it, you know, provide them? I know that it qualifies them, potentially the winner of it qualifies them for, is it the... It's an Academy Qualifying Festival, yeah. so uh, in two categories. We have a lot, we have a few different categories in the festival. Um, animation, short narrative, feature narrative, short doc, feature documentary, and uh, experimental. And the winners in short animation and short narrative, uh, like the first prize winner goes... Um, is like it's it's qualifying for an Academy Award. So what that means is like the selection of uh, 50 festivals around the world, um, the first place winner and all those get considered for uh, a shortlist for an Academy Award. Wow, and it, I mean like for that opportunity for, you know, these filmmakers, I guess Anna, talking with them over the years that you've, you know, done this, I mean, what does it mean to them to have this sort of opportunity to be able to show off their work, but not only that, have the chance to compete for an Academy Award? Well, I think the most important thing is like people really love to screen their work here and come and represent their films. And um, that's maybe more important than the one person that will be chosen in each of those categories to, you know, um, go on to be considered for an Academy Award next. So. I think people know this festival and they've known it for a long time. I mean, it's in its 44th year. We get, you know, we had 2,200 submissions this year. Uh, so people uh, love this festival and they like coming here and they like to screen their work to our audience, which is like really exciting for them. So, How does um, the international aspect of the festival play into all of this? Uh, we try to find the best films that are out there and by best films, uh, that can mean like a lot of things like just think about what what your favorite film is right is that the best film that was ever made I don't know uh, so like we're not necessarily uh, we we think about a lot of things when we're choosing the movies that we'll play um, like what are what are we representing in cinema like different countries and cultures and ideas and also like bringing things to Athens that might not come here otherwise uh, so, I mean, you'll see movies from everywhere like Palestine, Pakistan, uh, Africa, you know, South America, uh, all over Europe, Iran. Uh, yeah, I mean, we like to have as much diversity, of course, in the festival. 
I mean, what does it mean from the fact that it's this it's in its 44th year? I mean, that's that's a long time. I mean, like, you know, six more years and you have like, you know, a 50th anniversary. I mean, what what does that mean just for, I guess, the film school here and just the fact that you've been able to carry along these past few years? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's important. I'll tell you that. And it feels really good to uh, to work on the festival. Of course, it's, um, you know, I always say to everybody in town, it's the oldest festival in town, which is probably right. You know, they have number fest. That's like, I don't know. What is that? 13, 14, something um, early 2000s, something yeah. like that. I don't I don't know exactly. But uh-huh. yeah, so we're the oldest fest in town. And um uh, you know, we're the second oldest in Ohio um, uh, to Columbus, which is the oldest festival in the country. Um, yeah, and, you know, we have a really vibrant film school here. Uh, we have, like, a ton of international students here, which is really exciting. And the festival brings in just a ton of filmmakers every year. Like, we have our special events program, which is highlighted in our program. You can see it. There's, like, special event every single night of the week with a filmmaker present or somebody, like, presenting a movie, uh, which are awesome experiences for the filmmakers uh, and the film students. Uh, which what What's really cool is this year we'll have about 40 filmmakers come to town that are showing works in our competition. Uh, and film students get to like mingle with them, talk with them about their films, you know, talk about the things that they're working on. And it's just a really great opportunity for them. And then also like all of the film students work on the festival and this festival wouldn't happen without them, you know. Do you have anything to say to like the person that might be, I uh, know, like whether it's the undergrad who's never been before, but seems like, you know, is interested or just like a community member who's never been yeah. out before well to the undergrad it's like really easy like all the screenings at the athena that week are absolutely free uh to you so like it's no risk just come in and watch some films there's like there's got to be something in this book that you like i promise <laughs> you know uh in the community members it's like the same way um like there's so much here and uh there's so many different topics and ideas in here and so many great films um that normally like don't come to Athens. So it's a great opportunity to see something different. What's the cost for community members, by the way? Is, is, there, a con- is there a cost for community members? Yeah, all, uh, all tickets, and, unless they're student tickets, are uh, 650 uh, per show. We also sell six show passes for $30, so you save money. And then we also have a festival all-access pass. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Well, David, thanks for uh, coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, have a great day. Thanks. President Trump issued an executive order today rolling back regulations designed to reduce carbon emissions from power plants in the United States. The outlet's Ben Schwartz takes a look at some of the impacts of too much carbon in the atmosphere and why scientists say there's no turning back. Last September, the Earth reached what climate scientists call its carbon tipping point. This means that there are now at least 400 parts per million of carbon in our atmosphere, which scientists say is causing Earth's water to absorb the atmosphere's excess carbon, leading to the acidification of our bodies of water. We have seen changes in the Great Lakes, not really measurable yet, although they're forecasted predicted to change in levels and in fact decrease. Um, due to increased rates of evaporation from the lakes. That was Ohio University meteorology professor Dr. Ryan Fote. 
He says that when bodies of water absorb too much carbon, it changes the acidity of the water, and that has the potential to impact countless habitats, according to the American Chemical Society. Take the Great Barrier Reef, for example. Scientists say the increasing acidity of the ocean impacts the ability of coral to grow, and that warmer ocean temperatures have caused large sections of the reef to die. Fote says something has to be done soon. I, I think any progress is helpful. So there are some consequences that we will not be able to avoid. And so some, for some things and some species and some uh, ways of life, yes, it's too little too late. There's things that are already going to be done. Um, but not doing anything is worse. So starting late is better than nothing at all. But some scientists say we may be well past the tipping point. Dr. Kevin Christ, head of Ohio University's Center for Air Quality, is one of those scientists. He points to work by James Hansen at NASA's Goddard Institute, indicating the tipping point happened several years ago. Saying the safe level is probably 355 or 350, so, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. And what he's relating that to is the number when the uh, Antarctic ice sheets probably started to accumulate. But whether the tipping point is 350 or 400, too much carbon in the atmosphere will change things across the globe. For The Outlet, I'm Ben Schwartz. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us. The Outlet is co-produced and co-hosted this week by me, Beth Greenman, and Maddie Young. We're edited by Atish Baidia, Susan Tebbin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant. Our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to The Outlet on SoundCloud and iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.